This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we continue our fall sports preview by taking a look at our cross-country, volleyball, men's golf, and football teams. And we take a look back at week one for Bates Fall Athletics. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The field hockey team lost a 3-2 heartbreaker to number 19 nationally ranked Hamilton to open its season on Saturday. Junior captain Grace Fitzgerald and junior Victoria McGee put Bates up 2-0 early in the second half, only to see the Continentals rally to win 3-2. The Bobcats look to bounce back this Wednesday at Bowdoin, with the match getting underway at 7 p.m. The men's and women's soccer teams both won their first matches of the year, with the women defeating Maine Maritime 2-0 behind goals from first-year Emma Lombardo and sophomore Caroline Vogue. Meanwhile, the men won 2-0 over Maine Farmington, with first-year Kieran Bardong and senior Morgan Dudney both finding the back of the net. However, both teams ran into a tough Hamilton squad on Saturday, with the women falling 2-0 and the men dropping their match by a count of 1-0. The women return to NESCAC action Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. with a road match against Bowdoin, and the men visit the University of New England Tuesday for an 8 p.m. match. Both soccer teams and the field hockey team play at Tufts this Saturday. The volleyball team opened its season at the Wheaton College Invitational, and the Bobcats posted a record of 2-1, defeating Farmingdale State 3-0 on Friday and sweeping Worcester State 3-0 on Saturday morning before dropping a close 3-0 match to Wheaton College Saturday afternoon. Junior captain Julia Panapento was named with the all-tournament team and is also our female Bobcat of the week. Meanwhile, head coach Melissa Duran leads a program that is coming off its best season since 2009 and opens NESCAC play this Friday when Bates hosts Tufts at 7 p.m. Panapento and Duran join the Bobcast to give us their perspective on this year's team. First of all, Julia, first week of the year, obviously the team just started practicing maybe you know a week or so before that. So how has the development been so far from your eyes? Uh, it's been really exciting. We have a lot of depth this year, and so everyone's competing for positions. And so it's been a really good practice climate because... No one really knew who was going to start, and so it's been competitive day in and day out to see who's going to be on the court when we play. And Melissa, this is your fourth year now as the head coach, so now all of your athletes, you've coached them the whole time, right? Yeah. So what's that like? Is that nice? It is, and, and certainly, you know, coming in, as soon as I stepped on campus, those those kids became my kids. So I I don't want to just say anything negative about the kids before, but it is neat to to know that kind of the culture you're trying to implement and the skills you're trying to implement and the systems you're trying to implement have gone through now an entire cycle. So, absolutely. Now you're the starting setter now this year. I know Jacqueline Forney was the starting setter the past few years. So what's that been like now getting you know more minutes, more sets in there? Um, obviously, Jacqueline was a great leader and really was a role model for me these past two years. But I've been focusing now is like I'm not trying to be Jacqueline. I'm being my own this year, and I think – being the starting setter has been huge, and I put in a ton of work this summer to get to this spot, and Coach recruited another setter, and she, her and I have been going at it the past week, and it's been good because it's only made us both better. Yeah, what's the competition been like in practice among the players? It's been really good. It's been strong. Um, it's been also respectful. Like Everybody understands that we're, we're pushing each other for the greater good of our entire program, so there hasn't um, been any kind of selfishness, anything like that. Everybody's you know, competing again and trying to push our whole program forward. And they know that that competition and practice is what's going to do it. 
I was curious, Julia, what's it been like being a two-sport athlete so far during your time at Bates, you know, playing a bunch of volleyball, a bunch of softball as well? Um, I really just focus on the season that I'm in. So when I finished softball season last spring, then I switched into volleyball, and that was a good, quick transition. And when I finished volleyball, I transitioned fast. And, but right now I'm a volleyball athlete, and I, I love my softball friends, but they respect that when I'm in volleyball season, it's all volleyball all the time. Nice. And then, Melissa, um, Obviously, Julia had a great week, all-tournament team. Who are some other athletes who stood out to you on the team? You know, what was so neat about this weekend is that there were different points in each match where different people stood out to me. So, you know, I look at, 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 at Farmingdale and I see Ruby Lightborn really standing out. And then I look at Wheaton and I see Claire Naughton having a great game. And then, you know, obviously Gabby Eustache having great moments too. So... There wasn't one specific player. It was nice to see each one of my players had different moments in, in different matches. Well, and Julia, Gabby was the NESCAC Defensive Player of the Year last year. What's it like having her as a libero? Uh, it's awesome. She was my roommate last year. We're really good friends, and I can always count on her to get me the ball up. She plays incredible defense, and as a setter, knowing that there's someone back there who's just going to get the ball with a little height so I can get under it is so reassuring. So it basically goes from her, ideally, to you, to one of the attack, right? Yep. Who's been some of the... Ideally. Ideally. <laughs> so when you're in form, if you will, I mean, who are some of the attackers who the team's really looking to have big years this season? Um, I think Taylor and Ruby on the outside, If I don't know where they're going to play the rest of the year, but, I mean, Ruby killed it this weekend. She, she has shots that she can put the ball anywhere on the court. She's not the biggest outside hitter, but she's got some wrist movements that she can put it anywhere. Our middles, uh, Angel didn't get to play this weekend, but she'll be in this week, and I'm excited for her because she's big, and I think she can put the ball down this year. Yeah, Angel had a big year last year too, though, she right? Yeah. Absolutely, she did. She came in as a first year and made a good mark, and you know we had a little a little knee tweak early, and and had been really smart and and just kind of waiting and making sure that's all healed up before we we hit the gas pedal with her. So this is a Tuesday right now. So tonight you're at Southern Maine, right? And yes. how do you go about use that match to prepare for Tufts, or do you just consider them separate matches? I consider them totally yeah. separate. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important that we we stay focused on the team, the team that's in front of us. And, and USM is is always a really solid program, and they always give us fits. And and so I think it's important that we we not get. It's hard, but it's important that we not get too far ahead. Julia, how have you seen yourself grow as a volleyball player from when you were a first year here to now? Um, so much of it has been mental. I think especially this year with Nikki coming in as an assistant coach who was a setter before and just her giving me some like mental tips on what I'm seeing on the other side and then knowing how to run my offense. Um, not looking at the ball the whole time, always looking for my hitters has been huge. But really it's been a lot of mental stuff. And then being in the weight room, I think from my freshman year to this year, I've just gotten so much stronger that, I mean, I'm just so much faster the ball. I can set the ball further. It's been huge. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're like a power lifter, right? <laughs> yes, I am. I am the president of the weightlifting team at Bates. Yeah. So how does that help? I mean, obviously it makes you stronger, but how does be, having that role also help you, you think, in volleyball and in softball? Um, I think it definitely helps my explosiveness. I transitioned to Olympic lifting this summer, and I'm jumping higher, and I'm like on defense when a ball is tipped where I traditionally would not get to it last year. This year, I'm just so much quicker to the ball. And so I think that's been huge. And just being in another leadership role on campus and knowing how to help out my teammates and get them where they need to be and help them, whether it's in school or in sports, has been great. Excellent. And Melissa, last year, obviously, a solid year for the program. What are you looking for in terms of development this season in general? I think just continued growth and continued progress. We, we made a really conscious 
choice to try and keep our our core group the same and to do that for for um you know two seasons to go through that for two seasons um i think it's going to really pay dividends for us the team from a chemistry from a culture standpoint um just from a, a comfort standpoint on the court um i think you're going to see again just continued progress and growth from us and Julia was nearly a three and zero weekend. I mean, you gave Wheaton all a good handle, right? So, but I bet that gives you some, you know, things to, to focus on this week in practice, right? Yeah, I think the way we played Wheaton was awesome. I think it's their second weekend of competition. It was our first. We had some people that were out with some various injuries, and now they're back and ready to play. And so, we have tonight's game, and then we have two practices before Tufts. And I think now that the team is really healthy right now. And we saw how good we can be against a team that is really solid in their second week of competition was a huge boost for our confidence. All right, Melissa Duran, Julia Panapinto, thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Our male Bobcat of the week is sophomore golfer Preston Hall. He finished tied with three others for 20th place out of 61 players at the Bowdoin Invitational over the weekend, shooting back-to-back -back rounds of 77 to pace Bates. I think I just played pretty smart, didn't, didn't have any misses that were too bad. Round actually had even lower potential. I think I left some strokes out there, but but it was it was good. I'm happy with my consistency. I think your eagle won the holes. Uh, did, take us yeah. take us through that hole. Second day, we actually started on the back nine, so I think it was number 15, and um, hit a good drive, middle of the fairway, right side, uh, short par five. So I knew I could take advantage of it. It was going to be a good hole, and I um I think I hit a two iron. I hit a two iron, little right of the green, and managed to chip it in good feeling what's maybe been focused on your practice so far in terms of what part of your game you're looking to improve the most uh definitely just going back to fundamentals i uh went to see one of my previous coaches before i came just to get everything kind of settled down kind of got a little off the rails last year with you know just all my fundamental kind of things and now we have it working and Working through my game, going through my bag, getting everything a little more consistent and dialed in for some coming big tournaments. For sure. Last year was the first year. Were there any big adjustments you had to make for college golf? I'd spent the year in a gap year beforehand playing golf, so I, um, I think they prepared me pretty well. Um, obviously, time management, being in college is very important with schoolwork, and I value that pretty highly. So, you know, that's probably always the biggest struggle, but... It works out. It's not too bad. What attracted you to Bates initially for college? You know, I kind of was into the kind of NESCAC feel. Um, small school with a lot of camaraderie and kind of fraternal feelings that you can go out and have a real team, team kind of spirit. And uh, being a small sport like golf, we really kind of embody that. And, you know, we're getting to be real tight and close-knit, so partly why I loved it a lot. When did you first start golfing as a kid? Oh, I started golfing like, let's see, like three years ago. I used oh, to play, really? Yeah, I used <laughs> to play a lot of soccer, and uh, okay. I had some stuff happen and, and picked up golf, and it's been good since. Um, yeah. I bet growing up, you never thought you'd be playing golf in college, right? Absolutely not, but I love it. love every second of it. Did you come to Bates with the intention of being on the golf team, or is that something you picked up when you got here? Yeah, I... Uh, I was I was trying to play in college, yeah. Um, and yeah, that was my intention in the first place, and find a good academic school that I can also have the opportunity to play golf. 
So you've only been playing for three years. So let's say there's someone out there in high school right now thinking about picking up golf. What's the most important thing that they got to do to have success? Really, I mean, you just have to go out and enjoy it and put in the time to make yourself better. you got to be exacting with how you apply your practice and make sure you get a lot of quality work. If you're out there just messing around, not really concentrating on anything, I mean, it, you'll have a good time. But in terms of excelling, you 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 want to focus on something and then you know, continually try to improve it. You're from Virginia, right? Yeah. So you mentioned you were attracted to like the NASCAC type of feel. Obviously, no NASCAC schools in Virginia, so how did you first find out about the conference and Bates in general, I guess? In recruiting, I, I was looking at good academic schools in the first place. That was kind of my first criteria, and then it kind of fell down to a little, kind of a smaller size school, and it just ended up being in my domain. Have you ever been to Maine before? I had not, no. What was your first impressions coming to Maine last year? Oh, I mean, showed up and it's gorgeous. It's perfect weather. It's awesome. And then a little long winter, and thankfully we got a spring season going, so we picked it back up, and we're really thankful for that. Yeah, you guys played a little bit in the spring last year, right? We did, yeah. We played two tournaments. Um, I think we won one of them, actually. Bates Invitational. I think we won last year. Nice. So, because uh, previous years they hadn't played in the spring, so did no. they tell you that this was kind of special, a new thing? Yeah, yeah. It was it was something I was excited for. It was part of why I decided to go, uh, come here to Bates. We um, They talked about advancing the program, and that was something I was interested in. You guys get to work with Nick Likos over there at the Martindale Country Club. James Upham's your head coach, but I understand he's not you know, necessarily much of a golf guy. So what's the relationship like with him and, and Nick and everything? Oh, they're they're both awesome. I mean, Coach Upham, if he's he's not so much a golf guy, he's 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 still an elite skiing coach. He knows very much about the mental side of the game and is always there to help us be on edge, keep us tip top. For when we need to play, and Nick, Nick obviously is more able to help us more technically and on the golf aspect of things. He's really he helps us a lot. Are there any goals the team has set for this season? Obviously, improve on last season. Last last year we had some 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 good play. We had a lot of seniors leave, but um, we're looking to get back into the swing of things and keep excelling. We always want to improve it every every year. I know the main state championship is always a big deal, CBB and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, we won the CBB last year. Uh, the main state championship, I think, was at Martindale last year. Yeah. And we, uh, oh, yeah. I want to say we got third. So, you know, I think Tiger said it. We always we always want to go out and win. <laughs> That's <laughs> Why else are we here except to win? There you go. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Congrats again on being our male Bobcat of the Week. Thank you. I appreciate it. The Bobcats took ninth place as a team in the event. They compete at the Maine State Championships this weekend. The women's golf team finished in third place at the Bates Invitational on Sunday. Sophomore Captain Brittany Sipe led the way for Bates with a 94. Senior Captain Chelsea Anglin did not get a chance to play this week, but she still played a big role in helping the Bobcats succeed. Chelsea, first of all, you didn't play this past weekend. <laughs> Clubs weren't quite the campus, but... You got the chance to walk the course um, with some of our younger players. So what was that experience like, kind of taking them through the ropes? Um, well, yes, I didn't play this weekend, but I did walk. I walked in the Bates torn, uh, conference that we have. So there were like seven other teams there, Bowdoin, Bates, Trinity which with the new team, Husson, um, and some other teams that were there. And I walked with our, our freshmen. Our team has historically been small, but we do have one new 
one new girl with us and she was kind of nervous so it was nice get, going through the ropes with her showing her how to take some good shots some bad shots because you ha have to adjust playing to these main courses they're very hilly so <laughs> and she's from connecticut i'm from new jersey so we're coming from a similar type of background there so what kind of pointers you mentioned the hilly part what kind of pointers were you giving her and she obviously she played pretty well right oh uh, yeah, yeah she played pretty well for her second tournament i'm very proud of her yeah. um golf is 90 percent mental 10 percent physical so mm. really having a really like calm mental state is important for your game if you get angry over a shot if you get anxious that you got in the water three times in a row it'll influence the rest of your game so for me personally i've had to learn over the course of doing golf for these four years but just Take, letting go of a shot if it's good, if it's bad, letting go of expectations, that kind of thing. And I hope to work with the team more with that just because boys and girls, we both suffer from like getting like getting into the right mental space for golf. How do you see yourself different as a golfer from when you were a first year here at base? Oh, wow, definitely my scores have gotten lower. <laughs> that is good, yeah. Um, what else have I seen? Mostly just the mental, the mental state. I came from, I was also captain in high school of my mm -hmm. golf team. In our golf team, we were basically trying to encourage as many people as possible to play. I grew up in a town with a lot of Indian second-gen immigrants, so they didn't really have opportunities back at home to play. So we were teaching a lot of kids how to play. But then coming to NESCAC division, and everyone has been training their whole lives to play golf, so it's a completely different different um, environment to be in. So I've had to adjust to the more competitive na nature and realizing that in golf you really are playing against yourself. You are playing in a team, but it's mostly individual sport. So just learning to you know, be gentle with myself as I'm playing because it is rigorous. We are out from, we wake up at like 6 a.m. and we're out on the course by 8 and we play like six hours and you're just walking like around like six miles and swinging the golf ball over and over. And it, it really it gets into your head. So just keeping calm and saying, hey, everyone, even the pros have bad shots sometimes, you know, like it, yeah, just keeping, giving yourself that patience. When did you first start getting into golf growing up? I, I'm 21 now, so it's probably like my 10th year playing golf. <laughs> My dad got my twin and I started in on it, and I kept up with it. We started maybe when we were 10. Mm -hmm. I'm 21 now, yeah. So we started when we were 10, and then I just kept on going with it through high school. What made golf fun for you? What made it something you want to continue to pursue? Golf is, can be relaxing. I mm -hmm. do. I did talk a lot about the competitive nature right. of the sport, but like if you're not in a competitive setting, you're just out and like and it's beautiful up here in Maine. It's beautiful, especially when the and like going to Middlebury and the leaves are changing and like you're just you're out there and you're surrounded by nature and you're. It's quiet. You really can't use your phone. Like, that's a rule. You can't use your phone on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. It can be cheating for the rangefinder issue. But you're just, you're taking, like, two days to get off campus and just focus your mind on the game. So, yeah. What attracted you to come to Bates for college? Oh, the dining hall. <laughs> <laughs> dining hall. Oh, man. I remember the day I came here. It was acceptance students' day. And I tried the turkey. And that was, it's really superficial. But it was the <laughs> dining hall. And I also was interested in playing like uh, uh, golf in college so I was like well let me try it out for a year and then here we are <laughs> four years later you had a kind of interesting career because your first year here coach Flynn was the yes, coach it was coach Flynn. yeah it was coach oh, Flynn now obviously yeah he yes. passed away and so Nick Glicos isn't working you James yes. Upham kind of as Andrea Upham, described yeah. was kind of like a cheerleader for the team and stuff yeah. but what was that transition like when after coach Flynn passed away? it was very difficult there yeah. were some tr there were some difficulties in terms of like yearbooks and organization and uniforms as like because coach Flynn would handle all of that yeah. and then just switching to coach Upham and he's been great too he really listens to us as like upperclassmen like when I was a sophomore when coach Flynn passed so there were upperclassmen before and he worked with them to figure out how girls golf works here at Bates and then since then I've been working with coaches to 
bring some new spins to the team like i'd like to get more community engagement projects done with the team and like because we have a really cool platform being Bates Golf, especially like female Bates Golf. There's not a lot of women in golf. There's not a lot of people of color in golf. And so I think we could have a really cool impact here in Lewiston. So that's one of my goals for mm. being captain this year. But yeah. Because it goes beyond just the tournament. Obviously. It really just yeah. goes beyond the tournament. And golf is a lifelong sport. Like I was on this course yesterday and I was talking with one of the girls and I was like, wow, like I see like all these old people in my hometown biking. They're like 90 years old and they're like biking. And I'm like, you can do that with golf. You can be until 90, 85 golfing because it's not super strenuous on your body. It's all the mental, mental game. Yeah. Terrific. Now you got an internship this uh, past summer uh, in Taiwan, right? Yes, I was in Taiwan for the summer. So I'm a Chinese major mm-hmm. and Japanese. I'm working for a Japanese minor right now and globalization gek. And so I just spent my entire um, junior winter semester in Kunming in China, studying abroad, doing like a language intensive program with Middlebury there. And then my language skills improved and I went to Taiwan. And Taiwan's really interesting because it really combined my Chinese major and like the Japanese influence because Taiwan was the colony of Japan after the First World War, after the China-Japanese War. So there's so much Japanese influence there. I was working with the Aborigine tribe there and like during the history of that tribe is like because under the Japanese imperial system, they had to use Japanese to communicate. It was very interesting. It was really cool to see the application of my Chinese and my Japanese skills, and I was actually using both at that job, so it was really fun. I took Japanese in high school, oh, and a little wow. bit in college. Konnichiwa. Yeah, exactly right. Konnichiwa. <laughs> but uh, it became really hard for me when they introduced the Chinese characters, the kanji. Yes, the that, kanji. Yeah, I, I, oh. How do you mix it all together? I love kanji, <laughs> yeah. actually. That's the reason why I picked Chinese. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I love the characters, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And in Taiwan, they used the traditional. At Bates, we study simplified. And in Japanese, the kanji is like a mix of traditional and simplified. Mm-hmm. So actually, like my phone right now is in Japanese because I use it to practice, like passive practice. Yeah. And I can like read a lot of the characters. I can't pronounce them in Japanese, but really, it's like the same type of language system that they're using. Yeah. Interesting. And then you're a senior now, so if I ask you about post-college uh, thoughts, <laughs> what, and I know we're all in the fall, but what are some thoughts about after oh, Right now I'm applying for some grants and from some grad school scholarship stuff, but I really see myself returning to Asia in the future. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely my goal. So I'm applying for things in that realm and maybe foreign policy one day. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got the main state championships, yes, I believe, this we weekend. Um, it's a course you've never played. So yes. how do you approach that as a golfer? Because Martindale, you play all the time. Yeah, we play Martindale yeah. all the time. Um, Well, just how I always approach golf nowadays. Calm, cool, collected. It's fun. It's my senior year. It's like the beginning for the freshmen and the sophomores. They're trying to, everyone's got different goals in the team. So I just try to take it with a really clear mindset and like the opportunity to get off campus and get away from my other stresses. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Well, Chessie, thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast. No problem. Thank you. The cross country teams host the Southern Maine men and the Tufts men and women this Saturday at Pineland Farms. The Bobcats are coming off the victorious Bates Kobe class wave races, and head coach Al Farashidian gives us a closer look at the men's team this year. Great start for the season. First of all, we did ended up winning all four races as far as the you know men and women. Um, and this is a, a real interesting race format because it allows us to split our team in half, so to speak, and let the upperclassmen run against Colby's upperclassmen, and then our our first years and sophomores run against their first years and sophomores. And and that that race always turns out to be the highlight of the day because the veterans they all know each other, but the, we all always are wondering who are the new young guys and what's that going to look like. And it was really an exciting day. We ended up winning, you know, convincingly, but at the same time there was some great competition 
in, in both races, and, and it was especially uh, exciting to watch how our freshmen sophomores responded to the race. Uh, uh, we had a couple of guys get out well, and they, they really set the tempo very nicely, uh, but Colby put a huge pack in between, um, you know, the rest of our guys, and, and uh, I, I think, you know, our, halfway through the race, you know, they were significantly in, in charge of that race, and then you know, we closed out very strongly over the last half and ended up winning going away, so it was really exciting. What's that course like there? Uh, it was a new course. We um, uh, I was familiar with it because uh, most of the trails have been part of their old campus course um, with a lot of the construction going on, and they, they, they had to consolidate and just kind of work in that one area. Uh, it really turned out to be a very nice, you know, we ran a 5K course, a very nice 5K course, and it was it was uh, some really good trails to run on, but also a really nice hill in the, in the course to make it pretty challenging. So you were excited about the underclassmen in particular. I mean, Bart Russ, a first year, uh, crossed the finish line first. So your initial impressions of uh, Bart coming to us from uh, New York State. Yeah, Bart's been outstanding so far. And, and uh, you know, I was uh, pretty excited when we found out he was coming. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, he... When he visited here last year, he had been injured and had not been running for a period of time. So I, I really didn't know, you know, have uh, uh, have a real good sense of, of where he could be. Uh, but he got healthy over the year last year, had a very good outdoor season, and put in a fantastic summer. And he is really running fit. He he had a personal record by almost a minute in 5K uh, on Saturday. So that's a, that's a pretty good way to start the season. Yeah, and then uh, Henry Colt, um, he's a senior in the upperclassmen, was a top finisher among the uh, Bates athletes, a guy who started out as a Norwick skier here, transitioned to cross-country last season. What's his development like? Uh, it's been fun. Henry's a great, great young man. He's one of our captains, a great leader, um, really an incredibly supportive teammate and a great, uh, you know, just a, a great example for the team. He comes in, he brings high energy, uh, tremendous positivity in everything that he does. And and, and when he, uh, you know, when he came out and joined us last year, he, he, he bought in, you know, hook, line, and sinker. And he's been, in his terms, a full sender ever since. And, and uh, it's pretty exciting to watch his his development. Uh, I think he'll be one of the better guys in the region this year. James Jones ran well as also a fourth place finish. This is a guy who was amazing as a first year, some injuries last year, right? So what what's his sass like at this point? He's he's doing a great job. He's yeah. coming back very nicely. Um, you know, he, he missed essentially almost a full year of real legitimate training. So he's still kind of working to regain the fitness that he had as a first year, but uh, he's got a tremendous attitude. He's uh, doing a, uh, you know, he's he's really committing himself to, you know, becoming the best runner he can be, and whatever the level that's going to be, that's going to be exciting. Uh, but he's, you know, what was nice is he and Henry went out and really kind of set the tone for that race. Uh, both of them, uh, James faded a little bit at the end, but that's just, a, you know, a few more weeks of training, a, you know, a couple more months of, of uh, mileage behind him, and and, and, you know, that, that strength that he had as a freshman will be back. All right, so this weekend, got a home meet, Pineland Farms, welcoming Southern Maine and Tufts. I know Tufts is ranked nationally, so this is a great early kind of test and set benchmarks for your guys in terms of where they're at, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tufts is a very good team. They are a very good team every year. We beat them pretty well last year, but this team coming back has really developed nicely over last year. So they are they are an entirely different team than what we saw last year. So I'm expecting expecting them to be a great challenge. I mean, it's it's going to be nice to have a target out in front of us that will give us a little bit of a gauge of how good are we. Our pack times are looking very good right now. I'm just not sure where that's going to start. And, and when we get a chance to run 
against Tufts, that will give us a much better indication of what that's going to look like later on. You touched on the fact that Henry's one of the captains. You had a lot of seniors graduate, though, like some guys like you know Zach Megan, who are big-time contributors. So besides Henry, who else is filling in that leadership role, you think? Well, Nico Johnson's our other captain. Mm-hmm. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, the seniors always rise to the occasion. Yeah. Um, and and one of the guys that's just really taken the leaps and bounds jump is Mark Fusco. Mm-hmm. And Mark is, you know, we've always looked at Mark as more of a track guy, more of an 800 guy. Uh, he's a guy that can run cross country, and he has put in an outstanding summer, and he's an entirely different runner right now. So he's he's making some huge, huge inroads. And, and this is one of those teams where, you know, we definitely, you know, we are, we're going to miss the the you know six seniors that we had last year. Four of them were in our top seven, uh, so you know that's that's always a little bit of a challenge when you lose that type of quality. But uh, it does mean that there's some openings out there for people to step up, and a lot of times when those openings are are there, uh, people are able to you know kind of rise to the occasion. Certainly, we're seeing that in Mark. He's going to be a big part of things. And the scoring this weekend a little different than going forward, right? You talked about this off air, but reiterate us for our audience here in terms of why this is a good thing in terms of some of the younger guys, right? Sure. Yeah, this coming weekend at, at our home meet, we'll, we'll actually score it through 10, uh, the first 10 places on each team. And normally you score it through five, and that's traditional scoring. However, early season, and I've always been a strong believer in trying to uh, create an opportunity and an atmosphere where development is challenged and encouraged, and and um, you know, and by scoring it ten deep, it gives a lot more guys on the team a the the feeling and and the experience of being in a significant position. So a tenth guy in a normal meet might not feel like he's really contributing significantly to how the team scores turn out, but in this meet, he could have he could be the critical deciding factor in how the meet turns out. And this year, you have an alumni captain. I haven't seen this before from you guys. Justin Easter, class 2003, obviously a very decorated athlete when he was at Bates. Uh, how'd this come about? What's his role? Uh, Justin is an amazing uh, individual, and we're so thrilled to have him be part of our program. And he's already made some enormous contributions to the team. And uh, I, you know, thought I, we've been working all all year on on kind of. Uh, shaping and defining what this cross country season was going to be like, and working with the captains and working with you know with with Coach Ellis and 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 others have had some input in that, and and we you know really have come to the conclusion that it's not unusual for student athletes to get so caught up in the moment that they can't sometimes see the bigger picture of things, and they expect to hear that from Coach because that's what Coach does. But uh, the idea of bringing Justin Easter in as an alumni captain was to be able to uh, to stress to them how significant this program is to past runners and and how they're setting the stage for for, for future runners to come in and 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 to just get the bigger picture of things a little bit and and Justin is uh, outside of being an uh, incredibly successful athlete probably one of the best individuals I've ever met in my life and he has he has tremendous compassion and care for people, but he has insight uh, that makes you better. So having him around and having him be able to speak into the team has been a huge help. He came to practice last week and had a chance to really spend some time with the team, so he's getting to know them. Terrific. And speaking of you know the bigger picture, the alumni meet probably helps with that as well, right, to kick off the season? 
Yeah, that's always fun. I mean, we have alums coming back from the 1950s and 60s. This was the 45th year we've run the alumni meet, so uh, that's probably one of the longest in the country. I mean, Coach Levinsky, Walt Levinsky, really kind of did a good job of getting that thing started, and and, uh, uh, so many of his alums continue to come back, and, you know, the younger alums come back in in spurts and, and, and whatnot, but it's it's a it is a good way, and it's it's good for again for the the new guys coming in to realize that what they're doing is a little bit bigger than just you know the thirty guys that are showing up in the locker room every day. Women's cross country head coach Jay Hartshorn is excited about her team's depth from the seniors on down to a big first year class. Jay Hartshorn with us on the Bobcast talking some women's cross country. You had the Bates Colby class wave races this past weekend there in Waterville. Uh, what were some general observations you had from the first, you know, real meet of the year for your athletes? Um, this is a fun year for it because other years we've had to actually do funky things like go sophomore, seniors, and first years and juniors. So this was the first time we were back to junior, senior, freshman, sophomore. The women really like it because it's actually the only time of the season they can watch each other run, mm. which is a funny thing that never happens in cross country. You just, unless someone's right next to you, you don't know how they did. Um, so that part was really great, and the meet kind of went as expected or perhaps a little better than expected. We brought in a huge freshman class and are hoping that um, they can make both an immediate impact but, like, have the potential to be, you know, in two years, like, a really, really great class. So it was the development and uh, what happened in the freshman and sophomore class was great because we knew we had other people who were really good. So among the upperclassmen, um, you know, Katie Barker had the top finish, um, senior. She's someone who, you know, has been really consistent, right? I mean, every year it seems like she's right there, you know, top half of the group, isn't she? Yeah, her sophomore year was really her breakout year, and then last year she got going a little bit later because of an injury, but we've kind of figured out, like, how to work her training mm-hmm. and um so it's nice to see her starting off this year and being able to race in all the races and being there from the get-go I just think that's gonna help her so much and she's just really consistent and also really good at um staying in control so she'll be helpful to kind of teach other people on our team or other people that don't have those skills she's She's a good person to, like, look to and a good marker in that way. So she's um, definitely an asset in that way, too. You mentioned, you know, a big first-year class. Obviously, your captains are Sarah Rothman, Aiden Eikhoff. Um, what are you looking for from them from a leadership perspective to teach kind of these newcomers how, how to compete, you know, in, in cross-country in college? Well, it's a big role when you have 10 first years. and other years, we maybe have five. That could mm-hmm. be an, a, a normal number. And so you're – your seniors, your captains have a, a much smaller role, and they've known since the spring, okay, this is a big class. We need to kind of be on top of things a little bit more, um, and they both have done a, a really great job before. They're both just sort of naturally very organized on top of things, so that's really helpful. And then the other thing is the the other seniors who are in the class are also sort of like just stepping up and um, really showing this is how things are done, you know, just little things like just being organized, being on time, really knowing what's going on. So it's, it feels like, like the whole class is really helping to lead by example. Um, so I think it's 
for me and not expect going to be a super easy year because they're going to do a really good job. Terrific. And then uh, Abby Hamilton, sophomore, won the first year sophomore race. I mean, she was a big contributor last year and looks like she's picking up where she left off, huh? Yeah, she did great last year in cross country. And then um, it, she struggled a tiny bit as we got towards outdoor track. But luckily, we were able to figure out what was wrong in outdoor track. So she had another big summer, which is important. It's hard when you realize something might not be right and you're already uh, mid-season, especially when it's cross-country season. But she was the top freshman at the NESCAC meet last year, um, which is awesome. We've never had that um, from our team before. And we had an, another sophomore, Vanessa, who's really moved up this year, and then a couple freshmen who are um, going to be right with them. So that's it's super exciting. The top first-year finisher was Tara Eller. Tell us about her. So she's from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and ran on a pretty competitive team, and I think just really likes to run, and we knew when we recruited her that she would be uh, one of our top first years, and it certainly looks like that's panning out this year. So you got to meet this home meet this weekend. Just Tufts, Bates yeah. versus Tufts, uh, a good early, perhaps, a measuring stick for the for the program? Yeah, I... I think it's interesting. It's sort of hard in some ways to get other teams to come up because the two teams are really good. And um, I think people have felt like maybe they came up here to sort of get beat up on a little bit unless they also had a really good team. So this year it's just us. And part of that too is because regionals is in Maine. So a lot of people are going to want to go to Bowdoin, check out that course. And then everyone's coming to Maine for regionals. And people think Maine's much further away than it really is <laughs> from Boston, especially. Um, but I'm fine with just having Tufts here because they always compete really hard. They're a really good team. They're a really deep team, so they'll match up with us really well. And I think we have found it every year. Like if we know, okay, either we beat them or we're pretty close, um, that's usually a good sign. This is the meet that we also do a little odd that we double score it. So we score it through 10. So it's not – last year I think they beat us, but if it had been a regular through five, we would have beat them. Um, So it's kind of nice to see, like, okay, well, maybe who's a little deeper. You might want run – win one way and no well if it's the other way um we wouldn't have, but they're they're certainly always really deep um which is good so there'll be competition all the way throughout practicing all this week at pineland farms i assume uh no actually yeah. i'm pretty nice to them when <laughs> when we go and race at pineland it's pretty challenging mm-hmm. so we ran there yesterday and then we won't come back for the rest of the week because oh, okay. to do a workout is usually those are like our hardest workouts i know the pineland workouts so do to do a long run at Pineland, work out at Pineland, and race Pineland in one week is a lot of Pineland. Mm. So we'll start hitting in a little more actually after this weekend. Gotcha. All right, Jay Harshman, thanks so much. Thank you. Get pumped, Bates football fans. The new era of Bobcat football begins this Saturday when Bates hosts Amherst at 1 o'clock on Garcelon Field. New head coach Malik Hall previews the season. First year as head coach, First training camp with this new organization. Some initial observations uh, through your first couple weeks here. Man, again, I, I thought, you know, being a new staff, installing a new offense, a new defense, like that's not easy, and we have to do that within 12 days. I'm so proud of our guys and how they've acclimated themselves to the newness all around them. Um, and more than anything, the proudest moment is – They've been able to embrace the cultural, the cultural change that we brought, um, and that's just 
understanding good is the enemy of great and that every time that we get derailed by something that we knew that could happen or something that was unknown, um, we listened to uh, a short podcast from Jocko, the Marine, who talks about, you know, good. Your lights went off, good. Got opportunity to use the candles. Um, you got pushed off your practice field, good. You get to change your environment. Um, making everything a good moment. Nothing is bad, it's all good because early on in camp, we identified good as the enemy of great because good builds complacency. And um, it's nothing good about being average. And there's certainly nothing great about it. Um, and we wanna, we wanna reach to be great. And by doing that, we take the good, good mentality on everything. So you may hear it on in the in pregame or just guys being around campus and good, as if like what just happened didn't derail them or that they didn't have to adjust to it. Tell us about the secondary to start uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You've got the likes of Joe Frake back there, Devin Clyburn, John Lindgren, Coy Candelario. These guys all have a ton of experience, don't they? Yeah, I think that's one of the blessings about um, our defense right now is that our secondary is very experienced. The chemistry that those four guys play with is has been um, a pleasant surprise, you know, uh, the, you know, one of the one of the glaring things that happens in a game, and it's so glaring, is like deep ball, and everyone knows who got scored on. Right. That is just the way the life of a DB. They have embraced it on a level that I, I've been very pleased with, understanding our coverage concepts, and because they those guys have played together and they have game experience. They've come to some things that we can coach, uh, but they've come to a much faster and inundated themselves with the coverages and in the checks and supports uh, faster than what we would have imagined them to. I credit that experience of being on the game field and playing together for two years as that. Um, Frank is our emotional leader, no question. Um, the, our biggest challenge between Frank and myself is the defense to keep us emotionally in the line of the goal because I think myself, I see him get all emotional. I don't want to get emotional. And it's just it's a good thing until it's not. And knowing that that could potentially be a bad thing, but that's why you got a team. You got a team to look out for you when you don't see the vices, the traps, ahead of you um and that i think is probably the biggest challenge and that's a good problem to have or a good challenge to kind of overcome the next piece is devin with his size and being able to just cover up the vertical ball by being six two and a half right. um knowing that he still will have have challenges ahead of him but you can't you can't teach six two Coy, who's been as savvy as they've come, uh, very athletic, very dynamic. Again, a ton of game experience. He's a senior. And then Lingren, who's a base, a dual sport athlete, baseball player. He has a unique way of tracking the ball when he's in the air. And that's carryover from baseball. So I'm, I'm extremely pleased with this secondary. They understand there's a ton of pressure on them. 
Joe, who's the emotional leader and vocal leader, like he's embracing that piece of that puzzle and everyone else embraces it along with them. And this it's, it's just a, a pleasure to coach those guys right now and certainly a blessing that they've been able to come along fast. Linebacker unit, you described it as kind of linebacker by committee. It is a 3-4 defense this year, which is a little bit different than in years past. But who are some guys who maybe stood out in the linebacking core? You know, uh, excuse the nicknames, but Campbell, a.k.a. Soup, uh-huh. uh, he's, he's had a great camp this year. We've done some things um, in the rush game where he can become a defensive end on the fly. We've we've gotten a lot of a lot of looks at um, our freshman Magic Mike, um, Mike Bowden. Um, he's he has come on fast. Greeny, who's the upperclassman, who's also I think a sophomore, is playing extremely well. Uh, inside linebacker, you know Chase. Foden has, has done a great job along with Daly. Uh, those guys, it's very difficult because they are the quarterback of the front seven. Yeah. And in some scenarios, they have to quarterback the entire defense, whether it's getting us in and out of an audible, uh, making sure the secondary is on their page, as well as the D-line. It's going to be linebacker by committee because we want to be able to play extremely hard. I'm under the belief that uh, players 100% is not that much different from another player's 60 to 70%. Um, now, the limit, you have to limit a player's 100% if he's not the one or the starting guy. Uh, but you certainly, I certainly don't believe a 100% athlete is the same playmaking ability as an athlete at 60 or 60, 70%. Um, that gap we want to be able to cover with effort um, and attitude, which um, I think is the cornerstone of our program as well. Defensive line, you got to love it, right? Senior late in defensive line. You got Walter Washington. You got Tyler Harrington. You've got uh, DeSantis, who's like 340 pounds at the nose. That's got to be great for you to see a defensive guy, see that experience up front. Oh, no question. DeSantis, a.k.a. the goose, like <laughs> – He's, he's a big man. He plays as strong um, as he is big. Uh, W2 Walter Washington, like he is tax season. He's collecting every day, um, which has been, uh, you know, for him to lead as he leads, you know, you talk about leading by example. He's the class president. He's in, uh, I think he's in like Glee or our version of Glee, which, uh, you know, on his Instagram, he's singing acapella like every other post, I think that's his leadership on and off the field. You know, even speaking at the convocation uh, after the president of our school, President Clayton, I, when you see a football player doing the multiple array of things that he's doing, that's a leadership by example. And um, Harrington, who's one of, if not our best player on the team, senior All-American track player, you know, we are led by our defensive front. You know, everyone says, you know, it starts up front, it starts up front. It truly starts up front for us because they're that dynamic and they have the most depth with Shane Collins, mm-hmm. um, Ruiz, you know, Cal, 
uh, Umi Tumi. These are all nicknames, so apologize. But, no worries. you know, I think those guys as a core, we're looking at seven to eight guys who we can roll through a game to take some of that pressure off of the immediate three. Um, and, again, it's about emptying the tank, giving, giving, excuse me, giving maximum effort. That effort that if we can pour out and empty the tank, you should need someone to come in and get you. There's no way you can play 85 snaps at maximum effort and not get tired. So they're truly the leadership. They truly, uh, you know, embrace the leadership role, and they lead by example on and off the field. All right, let's move over to offense. That's the most dramatic change probably this year, bringing in a new type of offense. We've seen the option for a number of years here, but now it's the air raid offense. For those who don't know, that basically means throw it all over the field, right? <laughs> <laughs> throw it all over the field until you can. Uh, you know, listen, our tight ends, you know, when you think air raid, you normally think like spread, spread, yeah. or, and we certainly are, but our tight ends have certainly become the cornerstone of our offense partly because of their versatility. You know, Flaherty, who's who's trimmed down from a year ago, who's also a captain, he's playing that tight end H-back role. He's been huge. Matty Gold, who as well as both up, who played a little quarterback, a little tailback, halfback last year, he's given us some great versatility, lining them up in space, uh, putting them in the box. And Saunders, who's a long frame, who can push the coverage vertically. Those guys have been uh, awesome to watch and watch them develop in this offense. Um, when a year ago, I think maybe four or five passes were thrown their way. Um, so it's been, it's, it's been awesome to see that. Um, our receiver, Parker Smith, I think is, is come a long way again when you're not throwing a ball but 12 to 15 times a game, I think there's a learning curve. I think the receivers are in that learning curve, knowing the depth to get to a route, knowing how to get in and out of their route um, is huge. But I think they've they've adopted the system, embraced it, and, and, and with no pun intended, ran away with it. Um, we still got a lot of work to do, um, but I've, I've been pleased with our freshmen. Um, more specifically, Jackson Hayes. He's just been awesome. You know, you look at him and you kind of worry because he's not that big. Uh, but talk about a guy who knows how to field coverage, field a zone, find an open space, knows how to get in and out of routes, can push the coverage, knock the top off of it, and has some legitimate hands. Um, the best part about him is his size. He also knows how not to take a tough hit. And that's just as important for him as it is route tree and catching a ball. So for as a coach, there must be no better feeling than to realize you have a couple first years who can really contribute right away, right? Yeah, you know, I think as a coach, no coach would go in on record and say, hey, we need to play a lot of freshmen. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's semi-disrespectful to all the guys mm -hmm. who've been in the program. Yeah. Uh, I think you just got to let that nurturation process take its place. Don't don't try to force the issue because once you force it, force the issue, you put other guys in a position to one, you know, ostracize the situation, um, and then second, some guys play a go down because they think you moved on to freshmen and not embracing the guys who've been here. 
We certainly believe that our upperclassmen will be the reason we get it done. If you can find a freshman that can come in and you plug and play, knowing that they haven't had college weight room, the college speed they haven't seen, a college scheme, new new living arrangements, new roommate, no mom and dad to govern them. Like those are a lot of variables that inevitably keep freshmen off the field. Uh, but Hayes has done an incredible job in managing it all. Um, and he's not the only freshman, but he's just the one freshman I think that's really come on early and often. Interesting. Now, speaking of guys who came on early and often last year, Brendan Costa, your quarterback, Jason Lopez, one of the running backs you have on the roster, they both contributed a lot as first years. Now they're sophomores. What have you seen from those guys? I know you called Brendan like a, a little Doug. Like Doug Flutie. Yeah, little Doug, man. I, I, and he's embraced it. He doesn't uh, – surprisingly, he knew who Doug Flutie was. <laughs> uh, and why wouldn't he? I mean, he's a short quarterback with an arm on him and can run. And he's from New England. Like, I would have probably been more down on him if he didn't know who Doug Flutie was, <laughs> but he, he certainly did. He has been the, you know, the bright spot of our offense because – He's learned a new offense. He's he's embraced the offense and Coach Patterson in the coaching. And not only that, he's corralled all of the offensive guys. When it's not going well, you can hear him being vocal. Come on, guys, let's turn the tempo up. Let's go faster. Uh, to be the kind of kid he is off the field and to see how he's embraced our offense on the field, none of it comes as a surprise though it certainly feels good to know that you got a guy who's got your back like you have his back. And I think that player-coach relationship at times, it just gets um, – it never gets the credit it deserves. Um, and I think the quarterback never gets the credit he deserves because sometimes it's more credit than he deserves and criticism he doesn't deserve. Mm-hmm. So just he understanding that part – uh, and knowing that the weight falls on him and being able to handle it is a testament to how he's leading before criticism happens and before praise happens. So I, I've been pleased and, and proud of him in that regard. The next piece, I think if you add Lopez into the fold with his ability to run the ball, I think we're very dynamic. You add Liam, who's a big back who played linebacker last year. Uh, Doyon, who's a, also a big back. I think the three tailback situation, it could be very, very explosive with knowing that we've had some young guys who've come along who can press the perimeter, who has the speed to press the perimeter. Caleb, which we call Frenchy because he's a French-Canadian, and uh, Garrett Evans, who's an upstate kid. They both have the ability to turn a corner. Uh, but because we have some upperclassmen at the role, at the position at tailback, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if we can get them some live reps in a game. But we've certainly got a good evaluation on those guys and know that they have the skills that we're looking for. Terrific. So we touched on the receivers, the running backs, obviously the quarterback. Uh, last but not least, obviously, the guys up front, the offensive line, you know, it's always talked about as a unit. But obviously, is blocking for the air raid type offense going to be different for them from the option? I mean, how things change, or are they similar for you think? 
you know, the big cats up front, man, you know, we stay away from big dogs because we're bobcats, so right. the big cats, big cats right? right exactly. The big cats up front, I think, have worked extremely hard in making the transition from uh, a veer triple option offense to kick sliding half the time. I think it's very difficult, a difficult transition, but Coach Capone and Coach Bergeron, who've been working hand in hand to kind of get the concepts down, it's 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 a work in progress. But it's been awesome. Yanni, who who's led the way as a senior, to Julian, who's a, a underclassman but very athletic, uh, to Flanagan, who's come back onto the team. Who's who's massively tall and big, like none of those guys have done anything but work, 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 and then and you get a water break. They work through the water break sometime. Uh, so I've been pleased with their work ethic. It's never gonna come out like it will when you draw it on the board because the the board is not attacking you. The board doesn't have a scheme or a game plan. The board is just that. It always looks good. When you put the theory to test is when you find out how good you are and what a test to have this weekend. So I'm sure those guys are excited, anxious, and nervous. Um, and I think all of that is a good thing because it keeps you prepared, it keeps you ready, and it keeps you in meditation. So I'm excited to see how they perform. Great. Last but not least, again, I guess special teams. Special teams sometimes gets overlooked, perhaps, but you have a great punter if you need him, right? You hope you don't need him that much. But Justin Foley gives you a lot of confidence, doesn't he? Man, Foley is like, you know, Iceman back there, man. He, <laughs> you, you see him, you, you hear him, and, and you call a pun, and he just booms it. Like, all right, guy, I got it. You ready to go. Uh, he's been, you know, we've had a, we've had a pretty candid conversation I said, listen, man, you led the league in punts, yards, hang time, all of that. We want to, like, cut that in half this year. Uh, he's like, coach, I'm with it. I'm all for it because the more I'm punting, the less we're scoring. Um, he talk about a selfless act and understanding, like, look, I can punt the ball very well, but if I'm punting the ball six, seven times a game, it's not saying that we're getting off to a great start. So, uh, he's been, he's been, you know, Johnny on the spot or Foley on the spot, if you will. Uh, and you know, when you talk about personality, he's not missing any of that because he's kind of like the comic relief in the locker room. Uh, I've been told I haven't, I haven't yet to catch his up live. Uh, but I've always seemed to catch a residual of guys laughing after something that he's done or said. So he's been great. Um, our offense also understands punt is an offensive play, so it's okay to punt the ball. Uh, and when you have a weapon such as your punter, it's certainly okay to punt the ball. So uh, he's been he's been steady Eddie um, with the understanding that that's something we're looking not to do this year as much as possible, uh, which is punt. But we're not certainly af afraid to do so because he could pin some guys just in his natural ability to place the ball. Uh, holding some kicker tryouts? What's going on in the kicker spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that rumor got out fast, right? <laughs> that rumor got out fast. Uh, listen, we got we have a kicker right now, Kareem. Uh -huh. He does a great job. 
He wants to transition his role into a receiver role, which he's done great at this offseason. As we get closer to 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 a live action, you, you kind of want to say, like, listen, man, you get a freak injury or pull a quad or a hammy or just something like we're, we're, we're a kicker short. Right. Because he plays wide out and he's developing as a wide out, I thought it would be critical that I um, – Talk to the soccer coach, Ty, uh, see if he had any guys he would recommend. And he was awesome about it. Like, Coach, no problem. I'll send an email. No longer than two minutes of us talking, I got an email from three guys. And all three of them came out to work out. Uh, barring the NESCAC rules, we taking all three of them. Um, because I believe everyone needs family. And... Um, and and they need culture, and that's the two things that we can create here is family and culture. All right, and your thoughts on your first game as a head coach coming up this Saturday because this is your first head coaching gig. I mean, how pumped are you right now? I'm excited, man. It's it's a it's a great day to be a Bobcat. You know, um, when Web, when Webb Harrison coined that phrase, like it's a great day to be a Bobcat because of all the opportunities you have in front of you. You know, um, and we double down on that phrase with our good is the enemy of great. So I'm excited to see how our guys handle good. And I'm also excited to kind of play in memory of Webb Harrison. You know, you talk about a guy who passed away the day I, the day of me officially being hired. Um, and to be in front of alums who've played for him the day after his de- the day after his home going, I, I don't take certain things lightly. Um, tradition is one of them, uh, and people is another. And what Coach Harrison meant to the people at the Bates family and the Bates football team and lacrosse team, the whole community um, that we want to dedicate this season in honor of his memory. Like, and it's always going to be a great day to be a Bobcat. But even more, what a great year to be at Bobcat, knowing that he's watching from above. And and it's my hopes that everything that we do, that he can smile and say good, good, because good is the enemy of great. And um, with a little extra push from his from his family and his supporters and his ex-players, how can you not get behind this season? So I'm extremely excited. I can't wait to unveil what we'll look like. New unis, new mm-hmm. defense, new offense, new teams, new head coach, new football, new football. All right, Coach, we'll let you get back in the lab. Thanks so much. The lab is where we're cooking. Thanks again, man. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap the first week of the year that involves every single fall sport, from cross country to golf to football. We'll have it all covered on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my